It is Thursday. Yes, Thursday, January 27th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, when questioned about the overtime rules, he said, Dude, I'm salaried. J.P. Shatrick! Yeah, that's a new meaning for free football. And welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour from the home office today. J.P. Shadrick with you. It's our first show back since the Monday after the regular season. And really nothing's changed since then. There's been a lot of tweeting and reporting going on, but uh, the Jaguars are still without a head coach at this moment. We'll uh, get into that coming up. Busy show, of course, on a day like today, the coaching carousel spinning. A couple of teams around the league have secured their new head coach, and including a couple of teams that uh, had Jaguar candidates that were hired, the Bears and the Broncos. We'll get to that coming up. The Jaguar search continues. There's not a lot of uh, there's a lot of reporting coming out, but uh, you know who's really close to the situation? There aren't many. We'll say that. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco will hear from Pete. Get his thoughts on what's going on. I'm sure he has a few. Jaguars.com senior writer John Ozier joins us to give us uh, his perspective on what has happened or what is happening for the Jaguars, and we'll hear from NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks. He's out in Los Angeles. The uh, Collegiate Bowl coming up. He'll have. Shrine Bowl coverage coming up next week as well. He'll be very busy, of course. And uh, that is our show ahead. So, well, since we last uh, convened, that was the Monday after the regular season. That was on Jaguars Happy Hour. Prisco and Baselli. we recapped the final uh, win of the season, the, uh, the possibility of what could happen in the coaching search at that point. Since then... Um, according to all the reports that you've read and seen on social media, the Jaguars have gone through the interview process. They have gone through it twice with a few different candidates now. And what a few days it's been, of course, on social media. Some ups and downs. There was uh, some changes, some plot twists. Um, you know, two, three, two, or two, well, a couple days ago now, Byron Leftwich was uh, apparently going to be the guy and was the slam dunk and all this. And then... That changed in an overnight period to maybe Nate Hackett's coming for a second interview. Then the Broncos took action and signed up Nathaniel Hackett, the former Jaguars offensive coordinator, as their head coach. Matt Eberflus is now with the Chicago Bears. Uh, He had been in the process with the Jaguars as well. And now it kind of goes back. If you follow the the tweets and the reports today, it's Byron Leftwich back in the fold. And reports today out of Arizona that Leftwich would be the coach and Aaron Wilson would be GM. Well, the Jags have a GM right now. Trent Baalke is the general manager. Uh, That's a report as of earlier today. Uh, Vic Fangio's name was thrown in the mix earlier today as well. The former Broncos coach, of course, but uh, later believed, at least reported to be, believed to be for a potential defensive coordinator role. So all this is going on at the same time. All this is happening. Now the Saints have requested to talk with Leftwich. Uh, so who who really knows? How many are, are really close to this thing? It's a small group. Uh, haven't, a name we haven't heard in a while either is Jim Caldwell. That was an early name in the process. And after that first go-round, really haven't heard much out of him. His name was... In the hunt, I believe, in Chicago. But since the Bears have made that move for Eberflus, 
is Coldwell back in play at some point. There, uh, Eberflus, uh, you know, and Byron left, which uh, everybody that has been a Jaguars fan for a long time, of course, of course, understands and knows uh, his history around here. Forty-two years of age, he took some time off after he played, and then got into coaching. Uh, Leftwich did as a coaching intern with the um, Arizona Cardinals and then latched on as an assistant there, the quarterbacks coach one season. The next year he was the QB coach and then the OC got whacked. So he took over the interim OC duties. Then the whole staff got whacked after that season. He ended up in Tampa Bay with Arians, of course, and uh, Jameis Winston under his watch as the offensive coordinator threw for over 5,000 yards. He also threw 30 interceptions that year, but he did throw for over 5,000 yards. Then, of course, the last two seasons with Tom Brady as the quarterback in Tampa Bay. So it's been, as the years have gone along, you've heard his name pop up in some of these discussions as a possible head coach candidate, but it feels like this is really the first um, – off season, at least, that he has been, um, you know, interviewed and maybe a, a few teams trying to talk to him. So uh, we'll see where this one goes. And, uh, you know, if you look at Twitter and follow the fan base, they're all on board with Byron Leftwich so far. Um, you know, obviously, he was drafted here in uh, 2003 and spent four seasons here into the fifth off season, but then was cut right at the start uh, of the season in 2007, went on to a couple different stints with the Steelers and, you know, didn't have the, the greatest success in his time here. Statistically was banged up a little bit as well and uh, moved on to other things in his career as the, as, as his career moved on. And then, as we said, once his career ended, it was, um, a few a few years off, played a lot of golf, he said in an interview not that long ago, and was up in D.C. and doing all that thing, and then decided to get back in coaching. And it has been a quick run, um, to the doorstep at least, of a head coaching position in the NFL. What a story it would be, obviously, for a guy from inner city Washington, D.C., to work his way up from there as a young kid and then get to go to college at Marshall, had a fantastic collegiate career there, of course, was a first-round pick, all that happened as a player, and then work his way up the coaching ranks again if he somehow does get the Jaguars or another head coaching gig in the NFL. What a story that would be to complete for uh, Byron Leftwich. So we'll see. The, uh, the conversations apparently continue. We'll, uh, we're following Twitter just as you are just to see if anything pops up, any new reports. But uh, as of right now, there's nothing that new this afternoon. But um, we'll see. I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of talk. We'll hear from Pete Prisco coming up and, and John Osher and, and Bucky and, and those guys and get their thoughts on this. But the timing so far, there's been a lot made of the Jaguars being really the second team to fire their head coach this year. Of course, the, the Raiders were the first, but they had the interim coach in there and they were on a playoff run, so they weren't worried about at least trying to get jump-started early in the process. Well, the Jaguars had that two extra weeks to try to talk to candidates who were in the National Football League. And I don't know, at least from one perspective, the Eberflus perspective, well, the Jaguars were playing the Colts in one of those weeks to end the season, so uh, he requested to move it back a little further. So 
you know, there there were nine openings at the end of the day uh, the other day when Sean Payton stepped down in New Orleans. Now with two filled, there are seven open. So, it, yeah, they're not the first team to hire. Uh, I'm going to guess they probably won't be the last team to hire. I think the timing is what it is. I don't. I don't. I just don't think you have to rush this thing. And I certainly don't think uh, Shad Khan is worried about rushing it. He wants to get it right. Uh, felt like he did before. He did. And it didn't work out, obviously. So doing the due diligence, doubling up on some interviews, taking the time to do that, I think is what's happening right now. That's why it's January 27th at the moment and there's no head coach. We're all looking at that chimney, though, for the white smoke to come out to see if there's uh, a new head coach, uh, and and we'll see. It's uh, it'll be, um, you know, it, it could be today, it could be uh, any time in the near next week or two. I mean, there's really not a huge rush in this thing, but you do want to get it in place in time to go find those assistant coaches, figure out who's on staff now. You want to keep around, obviously. Uh, because they're all still under contract and in the building and working and doing things. But um, the the quicker you can figure that thing out, then you can move forward to free agency and and figure out what the building's really going to feel like and and look like. So um, no new news to report, but plenty to discuss. Of course, we are off and running on Jaguars Happy Hour. We will come back in just a moment and hear from CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco. He's our co-host on Mondays during the season. He was on our last show since we've been on air, so we will hear from Pete and get his perspective on what's happened for the Jaguars and all of the news and tweets over the last 48 hours. A little later, John Osier, Jaguars.com senior writer, and we'll hear from Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst. We are off and running. It's Jaguars happy hour on a Thursday afternoon on the Jaguars digital network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on Thursday afternoon, our first show since the day after the regular season. J.P. Shadrick from the home office. Some close contact issues. Nothing uh, bad over here. Hope everybody's doing well. Glad you're back with us, of course. A lot going on for the Jaguars coaching search continues. It's been a busy couple of weeks on social media. It's really heated up over the last couple of days, though, it feels like. Uh, let's uh, check in with CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco. He joins us now over the phone. Pete, good afternoon to you. What's up, man? What's up, JP? JP, you're like a close contact like every Tuesday, I think, these days. You know? You're not <laughs> I, unbelievable. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, many, I don't know how many weeks are you not in the office? I, hey, I don't know, man. The, the rules are the rules, Pete. It's what it is. I know. I know. Better safe than sorry. I know. I get it. I understand. Yeah. That's what it is. Just can't go in the building, but I uh, can do everything else So uh, and feeling okay. So that's a good thing. So uh, there are not a lot of Jags fans feeling okay right now with everything that's happened over the last 48, uh, two days, three days or so. It is, um, it's a carousel spinning on this uh, tweet deck thing that I'm looking at right now, Pete. And um, what's the latest here? What, what, is, is this left which thing going to happen or what? Here's what I have to say to everybody. Just calm down. Let's let the whole process play out. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody, look, I love Byron Leftwich. He's, he's one of my favorite guys I've ever been around as it relates to that team. And when he was there, he took a beating from the public. Um, you know, was never the quarterback everybody thought he would be. Great human being, handled himself with class, always did that, worked his butt off. 
And I think he'd be a hell of a coach for this organization. But let's let it play out. There's a thing called negotiation. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're negotiating. And, you know, it's funny. Nate Hackett goes to Denver, and all of a sudden, everybody in Jacksonville is all up in arms. Oh, my God, they let him get away. Now what? How many of those same people were sitting in those stands ripping Nate Hackett when he was the offensive coordinator back in the day? You know, so just let it play out. Let it see what happens. And uh, ultimately, they'll get the guy that they think is the right guy. I don't think any of the guys that they you know, thought was the right guy, they would have had him already. And that's how I feel. I think they would have locked him up. So let it play out. As far as Trent Baalke in the building, would I have him in the building? No. Would I have kept him around for part of the process? Absolutely, because you needed somebody to ask the football question. That made all the sense in the world. Now, whether he's there for the long run, that's to be determined. I wouldn't keep him there for the long run. Uh, ultimately, maybe they won't, but, but let the process play out. They have, to, you know, they have to negotiate with whoever they are bringing in there. Obviously, today, the, the Saints apparently asked to speak with Leftwich as well. Um, and then, so that opens up another thing of negotiation and all that. It's kind of what happened in Denver, right? Hey, Hackett's about to go interview for a second time with Jacksonville. We need to get this thing done in Denver. And they got uh, Nate Hackett done. Let's see if they kind of move some things here. If, if for some reason Leftwich is not in play, where do they go? Well, I, w- I would go back to Jim Caldwell. That's where I would go. Um, I know Jim Caldwell's not a young man. He's 66 years old, uh, but he's a perfect guy to bring into that building. Uh, I, I think he would have he has the right demeanor. He's great with quarterbacks. Go back and look at his track record. He's been outstanding with quarterbacks, developing them, coaching them, the whole process. And, 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 he, and he's a good man. And, and I think that would be welcomed inside that building. So uh, I would look for him. Um, you know, as far as I, you know, they, the stuff with Vic Fangio, I, I don't get that unless you're bringing him in as the defensive coordinator. If you do hire Byron, uh, and I don't know if Byron and Vic Fangio have much of a relationship and I don't ever want to see you force a coach to hire somebody he doesn't want. So that wouldn't be a good situation unless he wanted them there. But I, I think they, you know, they start, they go back. There's a lot of good coaches out there. You got to get the right one. And, and I always go back to the, when the Eagles hired, hired Sirianni. Everybody panned it. Everybody did. Oh, how they waited. They got the worst guy. Got the worst. We had a pretty darn good rookie first year with the, with the Eagles, didn't he? So get the right guy. And, and here's one, one other thing. Yeah. This whole idea that the guy you hire has to be a great play caller, great defensive coordinator, I never have bought into that. You know why, JP? Get why a guy that? who's going to manage the people, manage the coaches, let the coaches coach, and have a good culture in the building. You don't need to have a guy who's an X's and O's guy. I mean, John Harbaugh isn't. Mike Tomlin isn't. I mean, you can have a guy who's just a darn good coach who lets his coaches coach. And that's, I mean, especially for this organization right now. I mean, they're in desperate need of uh, a retooling of of what it is to be a, a Jaguar, right? And And the organization as a whole. So, yeah, you can have somebody that dials up plays and all that, but you need a bigger picture look at this thing, it feels like. Yes, you definitely do. And and I, I look, you can go back to um when when these Urban Meyer was a coach who didn't have any X's and O's, but he wasn't a good X's right. and O's guy. And that backfired on him. So it didn't work out. But that doesn't mean you can't go get the right guy to lead the lead the coaches and let them coach again. Um, I think there's people out there. I mean, Jim Caldwell would be one of them. I think Jim Caldwell 
would probably hire a guy to call plays. I don't necessarily know that he would call plays again, but he would be a, an overseer inside the building, and, and that would work. So if you don't get Byron, I think that's what you have to do. You go back to the drawing board, find another guy. There, there are a lot of good coaches out there who are begging for an opportunity to lead, and I think that if you get a guy, you can, you can make it work. It just has to be the right guy. And, oh, by the way, you need the quarterback. If yeah. Nate Hackett. If Nate Hackett doesn't get Aaron Rodgers or doesn't solve the quarterback position, he's not going to be around at Denver for very long. Uh, but Jacksonville, you know you have the quarterback. You have Trevor Lawrence, and that should be an attraction. That should make that job something that most people want. I personally, JP, would have hired a, four, a guy with a 49ers, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan background. And the reason I say that, I think that offense would be perfect, perfect uh, for Trevor Lawrence. You run the ball, you get this own read, you get him on the move, you make plays. Uh, that way you sneak out the tight end, just like the 49ers always do. They got to find a tight end, but you can do that. Dan Arnold can be a good tight end. They need another one, but I just think there's ways around it. So if you don't get Byron, there are other coaches out there. Go find the right one. Pete Prisco with a CBS sports senior writer. As for the timing of this, Pete, we mentioned it earlier before you came on. I mean, the Jaguars were the second team to fire their head coach this season. Of course, the Raiders were the first they had the interim. They were in the playoff race and got in the postseason. And then, so they weren't worried about that two week window. The Jaguars had the two week window to work with. And uh, now they are not the first to hire. The, the Bears and the, the Broncos apparently have. Are you concerned at all at the timing of this? I mean, how quickly do you need to get this wrapped up? I mean, obviously, you want the right hire and the right person and the right feel and everything that goes around it. Um, but. At some point, does the clock start ticking to go find some of these assistant coaches? Well, the clock's ticking now because the senior bowl is next week. And I think that's important for your staff, your coach, whoever it is, has to be there, has to be around, has to be able to go see players. I think, you know, that's the, that's the marquee all-star game. That's when you start evaluating the guy, really evaluating the guys in the draft, up close, getting to see him practice and play. And so, yeah, I think it's important by next week. And, and I think they'll do it in the next couple of days. You know, here's the other thing, and I'm going to remind people of this. When Tom Coughlin was hired, that wasn't exactly a warm and fuzzy hiring met by a lot of people in that city or elsewhere. He was a college coach at BC who had had some time in the National Football League. They tried to land the big fish, Jimmy Johnson. They, I mean, they met with him on a boat down in Fort Lauderdale and tried to get Jimmy Johnson away from the Cowboys, and the league found out about it, and get, there was some tra- talk of a tampering charge. They went after <laughs> Tony Dungy. They had a bunch of other guys. Tom Coughlin was not a guy that was a marquee guy. That worked out pretty well for him, and he's a Hall of Fame coach in my mind. And so you get the right guy. You don't have to rush it. Take your time. Get the right guy. But get it before Monday because Senior Bowl starts next week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, practice. Are you going to be at the Senior Bowl, Pete? No, I'm not. We have a couple other guys going. Our draft guy goes. I, mean, I used to go all the time. I enjoyed it um, uh, back in the day. I remember one time when uh, <laughs> this is a good story. Coughlin was you, you, back in the day. He used to be able to get right in the middle of the drills on the field. The media could too. And so Coughlin and his scouting guy Rick Reapers were watching linebacker drills after they had just gotten, I think, beat by the Titans, um, and that year and and so al wilson who went on to be a really good player with the with yeah. the denver broncos was a linebacker for the from the university of tennessee, tennessee. and he thumped the guy in a one-on-one drill and i walked over and i go see that's the way a linebacker's supposed to play and coughlin looked at me threw me off with his hand <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it uh so yeah we'll miss you there we're going to be over there or at least we're planning to unless there's some 
coaching announcement or something next week. We're planning on going to cover the Senior Bowl. So, do you uh, ever um, do you ever go to? They used to have the Seafood Jubilee. Do they still have that? I think they still do, but it's so early in the week we're not going to make it to that. Unfortunately, yeah, that was always that was always the best thing before the Senior Bowl because all the coaches were there and you had a you know everybody was having a few cocktails and you got a little loose and lips got loose and. I remember me and John Osher can tell this story too. And they were, uh, Coughlin started like directing the woman on how to put the plates up for the food buffet or something. So it was crazy. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Well, Pete, uh, thanks for the insight. We appreciate your time as always, man. And, um, We'll see. I mean, we'll see what the next few days holds. Do you think it's going to yeah, be the next relax, couple days? Yeah, relax, Jacksonville. Relax. You'll get a guy. and He's going to probably be a good coach. I mean, it's just because you don't know who he is. If you don't get Byron, look, I want Byron there as much as anybody. I love Byron. But if you don't get him, you go find another guy. It's not the end of the world. You get the right guy. It's football, Pete. Like it's I football. always say, hey, Brandon Bean was a PR intern in uh, in um, Carolina and he came within a whisker getting his team to the Super Bowl this year, and he picked Josh Allen. So, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, you can you can make this thing work. Thanks for the time, Pete. We'll talk to you soon. All right, JP, take care. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports senior writer, joining us here on Jaguars Happy Hour. And, uh, yeah, so just patience. Calm down. That's, that's Pete's message, which is interesting. You know, he's uh, a lot of times a little more – uh, kind of, hey, let's get this thing done. And I think he's probably got a little tinge of that still, but uh, but be patient. There's time. There's not a huge rush. Yeah, you want to kind of get something going, though. As he said, the Senior Bowl's coming up next week. That's when you have a chance to see a lot of coaches in person and sit down and do some interviews. If you want to add some people to your staff, that's a, a good place to do it. And in fact, there are coaches from all levels of football that show up with this thing for a week and go to the practices and hang out at the bars around the hotel downtown and all that stuff. And uh, so it is a true, the first real big off-season NFL event. There are a couple other games, of course, like the Collegiate Bowls this week in L.A. The Shrine Bowl is next week. It used to be in St. Pete. It's now in uh, Las Vegas this year. And uh, those are two that kind of come ahead of it. But the Senior Bowl is the... The, the one, that's the that's the big one of the offseason. And actually, a uh, little note, some here in Jacksonville might remember this of, of a certain age range, but uh, the Senior Bowl actually started in Jacksonville. It was here for a couple of years before it moved to Mobile. That's like 50 years ago, at least. Uh, and it's been in Mobile ever since. A couple of years ago, they opened up a new stadium on the campus of the University of South Alabama, and that's where the, the game and the practices are held now. Uh, more on that coming up. We'll hear from John Osher in just a moment, Jaguars.com senior writer. We'll get his thoughts on what's happening with the Jags over the last few days and the coaching search and what the next steps could be for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And a little later, Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst, joining us. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. And if you're watching on Jaguars.com or Jags social media channels, you are looking at the footprint of the Football Performance Center. They have started taking things down. The process has started. The bleachers are gone. 
Part of the gate of the player's parking lot is now gone. That's how wide this thing's going to be when it's done. The Football Performance Center footprint. The, um, the They have started to disassemble some things, and uh, it's apparently going to be open for business. The team will move in for it oh, right before training camp. That's the ideal time, summer of 2023. Not, of course, this season, so uh, they'll need this season, and they'll have to make some some plans to do some of the off-season workouts in other areas. My guess would be that indoor um, on the south end of the stadium, at Daly's Place, and maybe even on the on the TIAA Bank Field surface. Uh, and then training camp, who knows? Well, that's a little f- far down the road, but um, they'll have to make some arrangements there with the construction underway. So that's good news. Uh, welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with you from the home office today due to close contact tracing. All's well, though. John Osher joining us over the phone now, Jaguars.com senior writer. And uh, good afternoon, John. What's up, man? Yeah, I'm not close contact, J.P., but uh, you know, we talked today, so maybe I will be. Who knows in this crazy world, right? <laughs> who knows? It's, it's Yeah. Uh, things happen in an instant. So um, who knows? Uh, you know, hey, we're feeling okay over here. So that's fine. Um, I'll let you know if it goes the other way, though. Um, so, all right. There's a lot going on, John, obviously. I'll, you know, most of it's in behind closed doors. I think that this is where social media and things have changed the whole uh, reporting structure of the league and everything that goes on in this time period. This is stuff you never really heard or thought about. Um really because you, it never really came out of behind closed doors, all the negotiating and back and forth and posturing and hey, go and interview other places and all that. That's, I would think at least a relatively new phenomenon in the NFL. I, I'm going to guess in 1978, you didn't follow this kind of coaching search like you do now. Yeah. Well, fortunately I was not covering the league yet in 78. <laughs> yeah. I was still a couple of decades away. I can tell you it, in 95, for people who don't know, I covered the Jags for about six, seven years for the newspaper, and then I went to the Colts for 10 years inside, and then I've been with the Jaguars sort of inside, you know, so two decades inside, seven in the newspaper game. Uh, certainly in the 90s and up until 10 years ago, everything like this, you would hear things like this, like what you hear on Twitter, but it would be written in the next day's newspaper story every day. So there was time to sort through it. There was time to, if you heard something, maybe make two calls, which used to be the old thing. If you had two sources, you probably would run it if you had three, definitely. So there was more time at that point for making sure you were right. Uh, It would still be nice to make sure you're right in this day and age, but it's harder because you know, everything's out there. Everything's getting retweeted. Uh, everything looks the same in terms of uh, legitimacy. So right. it's it's hard. Things get reported, and it's hard to know what's real, what's fact, what's speculation, what I heard this, and it's really close. Uh, a wording comes into play, how something's worded, and then it gets picked apart. So uh, all the Internet blues. Um it's the wild, wild west, and I don't know that that's going to change because of social media. Is it better or worse? I don't know, but it's 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 so much different as to be unrecognizable. As part of the news cycle now, I mean, we, we know that the day after the season, it's Black Monday, and they're going to fire a bunch of people, and there's what, this 
you know, this offseason there have been nine openings. Two have been filled, and that's uh, it's, it seems like a higher number than normal, but that's just kind of part of the flow of the NFL offseason now is the first month figuring out who's coaching where and the new places. Unfortunately, the Jaguars have had to do that a little bit too much as of late. Um, you know, all the fans, John, or most of them at least, the ones, the vocal ones on social media are all about Byron Leftwich. So sure. um, where are you with Byron Leftwich? You know, I, I said since this process started, I, I've fortunate enough, and I say fortunate because I like both men. I'm fortunate enough to know Nate Hackett fairly well and know Jim Caldwell very, very well. So when their names were mentioned, I talk very positively to them because I know what they're about. Your natural tendency is to uh, is to do that. A lot of people around the Jaguars knew Byron. A lot of people in Jaguars media knew him, and fans had a connection to him. I covered him maybe eight times uh, in games, watching him play with the Colts uh, or watching him play against the Colts. Uh, and I have talked in the, in, in the last few weeks to some players, uh, you know, I talked to Jimmy, Fred, uh, Brad Meester, guys who knew him very well, and some other people in the building knew him very well, and they say nothing but incredibly positive things about him. Uh, JP, unfortunately for you, you have to read me every day in the Ozone, so mm-hmm. you know that the things I value in a head coach, I don't care that much about X's and O's, but give me a guy who's a leader, who players will believe in, who can set a tone who is a smart guy who can handle the day-to-day of the NFL job. Uh, that's what I've been asking people about with Byron. And it, it's a check every box, absolutely above average, fantastic fit for those things. Uh, so I think it would be exciting. The fans seem to want it. So all those things are in place. Now, does it work out? Does shot eventually say this is the right fit for a myriad of reasons? I don't know. But, uh, you know, I don't think there's many bad choices, but it certainly seems like Byron Leftwich would be an absolutely great choice that people want. So uh, let's see. I mean, I, I don't know how much more to say than that because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and uh, obviously a couple of the other names that were um... – I had already interviewed with the Jaguars a time or two. Eberflus had done it twice already. The report that Hackett was coming back was enough to send the Broncos back into the table, and uh, they made that deal done uh, with Hackett. So those those are really the two other big names as of late that were reported with the Jags. They, you had seen that first wave of interviews. Haven't heard Caldwell's name in a little while, though, John. I'm, I'm curious because yeah, his name it, was reported with Chicago, but now that one's filled. Yeah, and – Again, I I knew Jim well for ten years. I see him at different things. I don't I don't talk to Jim uh, on any sort of regular basis for a long, long time. So I don't know. I have no insight into into what happened. Yeah. It it does seem generally like uh, in this cycle and right now, teams aren't really going for the ex head coach. Uh, they're there's sort of a new blood trend so far. Uh, Hackett, Eberflus, that follows what's in the championship games right now. There's Andy yeah. Reid, of course, but you also had Lafleur at Green Bay. You've got McVeigh. Uh, McVay. You've got Taylor. You got Cincinnati situation. Uh, Shanahan, all young guys who 
have taken over and who are sort of setting their tone, the new blood thing. Uh, so perhaps that's why Peterson, Caldwell, some of the ex-head coaches' names uh, didn't really take off. It, it's probably uh, dangerous on my part to try to say, okay, two positions have been hired, so that's a trend. But uh, perhaps that's why some of the ex-head coaches uh, haven't gotten the look. Uh, pendulums and trends in this league uh, uh, tend to sway back and forth every couple of years. That's what uh, this one feels like right now. John Ozier, Jaguars.com senior writer with us. Who do you like in the games this weekend, John? Uh, good, you know, it, it, let's just hope they're as good as last week, right? I mean, yeah, it's, no uh, kidding. Uh, I'm not sure you can expect a Buffalo, Kansas City. Uh, you know, you know me, uh, the old school guy in me was screaming for some defense in that game, but nobody else seemed to want it. So I was just kind of, uh, I was the old man yelling at the moon on that one. But a fantastic game. I think I like, uh, I like the 49ers over the Rams because they seem to be able to handle that team. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence they've won so many in a row against them. Uh, they seem to match up, and uh, they're physical and compound at them, and the Rams haven't handled that that well. So maybe that's the way that one goes. I I typically believe when a team's been there that often as Kansas City with a quarterback like that, Kansas City's starting to feel a little bit like the Brady era Patriots, where you better bring a lot if you're going to knock them off. And for a young team to knock them off, this may be a situation where Cincinnati needs to be there once, get the experience, and come back and go after them again. I, the Chiefs at home are going to be tough to beat in that one. Yeah, Chiefs uh, been at it's their fourth straight conference championship game, and uh, that's they, an amazing they, stat, by the way. I mean, it, it's it, uh, right all at home too. I know they didn't earn the home the home field this year, but uh, you know. I'm sure it'll happen again someday, but it, I think it'll be a lot. Yeah, that's a, it's a heck of a run for sure. Um, John, uh, we're we're going to the Senior Bowl next week, maybe if if, if breaking news Sounds doesn't like uh, stop us from going. But um, hey, another Senior Bowl run. It's been a little bit since I've been to one. I haven't been to the new stadium yet. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, it's really as we were talking to Pete a moment ago, Pete Prisco. You've heard of him. Um, it's really the first big off-season coaching convention of sorts and. Uh, a lot of business can be done in that week next week. Yeah, Pete and I used to call it the Garb Fest because you would walk around and all the newly hired coaches were uh, sporting their new, uh, back in the day, used to be starter garb, I think. Uh, <laughs> so it's always interesting to people watch there, but it is. It's not the extent of the combine where everybody's there. And uh, the Senior Bowl has has fallen off a little bit in terms of the number of head coaches you see uh, because I think especially with so many changes, uh, staff that change typically can't get over to the senior bowl, but it, it is certainly a, uh, it's the convention where you start to hear things. It's not as much of a job fair as I think it was back when I started covering the nineties and early two thousands, but it's certainly where you start hearing gossip. And for us, JP, obviously, um, I know we were talking about it in our planning meeting today. We're thinking so much about the head coach and everything going on right now that it's easy to forget the Jaguars have the number one pick. Number so one. It's, it's, uh, that hasn't really been much of a topic. But for me personally, I'm looking forward to getting out there. That's always where I start really thinking about the draft and trying to figure out how things will play out. So I, 
I'm looking forward to go out and talking to people about these top guys, about the depth of the draft. Uh, that's what the Senior Bowl is really all about. Uh, although this year, we'll see if we're going. I know, JP, from experience, once somebody tells you you're going to Mobile, it's hard to get you off that scent. Uh, I've spent many a nights in that town. Um, <laughs> uh, many a long, long night in that Don't city. tell so, you you're going to Mobile and then turn that around. Yeah, I know that uh, because here. I might just still go anyway. You never know. <laughs> uh, John, thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you. All right, buddy. Anytime, JP. We'll talk soon. John Ozer, Jaguars.com. Senior writer joining us. Uh, a lot going on, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's it's easy to forget that. Yes, the Jaguars have the number one overall pick again, second year in a row. I mean, I don't think you want it three years in a row. In fact, I know you don't. But, hey, you got it. So make sure you do all the due diligence to get the right guy. That, that's We're going to start that off-season content strategy plan, of course, in the next uh, little bit here on uh, jaguars.com. So uh, stay tuned for that as we move forward. We're back in a moment. Bucky Brooks joining us, NFL Network analyst. He's out in L.A. We'll get his thoughts on the Jaguars search. He's got the Collegiate Bowl coming up, the Shrine game, all that. Uh, right around the corner for Bucky. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with you from the home studio today. Close contact. All's well, though. It's our first show since the end of the regular season, the day after. We had a Monday edition of Jaguars Happy Hour. The Jaguars still have a coaching vacancy, but there are many names that have been thrown around with it. Most recently, of course, Byron Leftwich. Uh, no new news yet, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we heard Pete Prisco earlier say, hey, you know, maybe the next couple days, they, you know, you'd like to have somebody in place before the Senior Bowl and all that going on. Uh, but then in the grand scheme of things, there's really not a huge rush because you just want to get it right. We get it right anytime Bucky Brooks is on with us, NFL Network analyst joining us from Los Angeles. Good afternoon, Bucky. What's up? What up, JP? What's up, my guy? Haven't talked to you in forever. Sad. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. I know, um, you know, so the social media thing is is nuts, right? I mean, everybody is has a report. Everybody has an angle. Fans are all about getting this thing done as fast as possible. And when they hear the name Byron Leftwich now, it's, it, okay, let's go get Byron. And then... Nate Hackett gets fi- gets hired by the Broncos, one of the names that was in the hunt. Uh, there goes Eberflus to Chicago all in the last day. Well, I think that's ramped people's um, the eagerness up again. Everybody's trying to get this thing done quickly, at least the, for the, uh, the, the fan base. Now, from a team perspective, you just got to go get the right guy and not worry about the timing, right? You do have to get the right guy, but timing does matter now that coaches have been put in seats because what happens is if you don't get your head coach in the building right away, he now has to wait to hire coaches. And then you're kind of left with the picked over selection. And so the sooner that you're able to get the head coach in, the better he's able to assemble his staff. He's able to get top quality coaches as opposed to settling. Now I'm not saying that there's a huge disparity between some of the coaches, but you would like him to have his ideal pick. So you want to kind of secure the bag when it comes to that, get the head coach in and then build it out from there. There's a lot of work to do. And so I think Jaguars fans are right to be anxious to see how they're going to get the work done. 
that's how these things go, right? I mean, there's teams that come in and ask for interviews. Uh, they're, you know, and then you might have a guy in mind or maybe maybe negotiating. And here come the Saints. They want to talk to Byron, too. They still have an opening. They have a, a relatively new opening. Mm-hmm. So how much of that is posturing? How much of it is negotiation? How much of it is real? All of it. All of it is in these <laughs> situations where you're trying to figure out um, who's going to be the coach, how much money you're willing to pay the coach. It all comes down to leverage. And sometimes you get what you negotiate. And so if you do have another team come in at the 11th hour, that kind of raises the stakes a little bit. And then you have guys go, guys that you knew were really in play at the job, leverage swings and it shifts. And so you have to be careful playing the game, but it certainly is a part of the conversation. And what you would hope is in the next few days that something is wrapped up, you get the coach, you have everything lined up. There's a level of, uh, I would say, unison or uniformity when it comes to the way the head coach and the general manager and everybody is on board. And then away we go. How about the Vic Fangio bomb that came in yesterday? The, the Jags had sent the plate out, not mm-hmm. for Hackett, but for Vic Fangio. And then the later report was maybe it was because of the defensive coordinator possibilities. That's that's a name that was kind of thrown out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, look, I think this business is a relationship business. And when you go back and you look at general manager Trent Baalke's relationship with Vic Fangio. Fangio was the defense coordinator at the time he was there at the San Francisco 49ers. So there's a natural um, connectivity between them. They've seen each other's work. There's probably a level of respect and appreciation. Maybe Balky respects and appreciates what Fangio was able to do, maybe in Denver in some uh, difficult circumstances, particularly at quarterback. And so you know they're going to kick the tires and kind of do those things. And it's also a situation where um, sometimes as the leader of the organization, and we'll say that right now, Balky is the leader of the organization. Sometimes you're trying to figure out how can I have the best alignment with the coach as opposed to what others on the outside might be the best coaching candidate. Bucky Brooks with us, NFL Network analyst. Of course, the uh, Jaguars coaching gig still open. One of the reports earlier today from Arizona was that yeah, Byron Leftwich was going to be the Jaguars' head coach, but a member of the Cardinals' front office would mm-hmm. be GM. All that combined, of course, as you just said, there is a GM here in Jacksonville. Trent Baalke is the general manager. What do you know about Wilson and what he's done with the Cardinals? Yeah, Adrian Wilson is a, was an outstanding player in this league, big-time player in this league as a safety, transition from being a player to being a very well-respected front office exec, worked his way up the ladder in Arizona after his playing days, uh, comes well-equipped with the team-building strategies that you certainly would like. Um, look, I understand Byron Leftwich has spent time in Arizona, and so if you're the head coach and you have an opportunity to pick, handpick your personnel man, you want someone that you trust, someone that might see the game the same way that you see the game, so that you're in lockstep when it comes to building up the Jaguars. I'm not necessarily surprised by the names and the connections and how they're kind of joined at the hip. Uh, I just think it's a little odd when you have a GM in place who reportedly is running the coaching search. Look, it's a bold move. However, it's a move that, depending on the leverage that you have, it's one that you can make. Interesting for sure. Uh, Bucky Brooks with us, NFL Network analyst. Uh, so, all right, you're. Let's let's change gears here. You're this is the pre-draft season is underway. 
collegiate bowls yeah. this week. The Shrine game is coming up. The Senior Bowl is next week. I mean, we're here now, Bucky. Here it is. Yeah, no, we're, we're here right now. I mean, we're in full mock draft season. Everyone is speculating who's going where, even though we don't even have coaches and we were still waiting to see on general managers. It doesn't stop us from trying to connect the dots and see where it's going to go. I think it's an exciting time in the league because obviously everyone is able to kind of turn the page because as these teams get eliminated from the tournament, everyone casts their eyes to next year and how their team can get better. I think for the Jaguars, I think it's a huge year because you have the number one pick for the second year in a row. Uh, that pick needs to be an impact player, a difference maker, a franchise pillar. And so I think the curiosity for me and for others stems from the fact that on how are the Jaguars going to do this rebuild? Are they going to initially rebuild around Trevor Lawrence? So is it going to be offensive centric, much like we saw the Cincinnati Bengals be able to do? And in two years, the Cincinnati Bengals are where everyone would aspire to be one game away from the Super Bowl. Or is this going to be a situation where you're looking at the defense and saying, hey, let's get a pass rusher. Let's add to the defense. Maybe we can bring the defense up to snuff. A lot of fascinating debates that will take place over the next three or four months. You got to score points. I mean, look at the playoff games, Buck. You got to oh, score points in this league. Oh, I just sat here and saw San Francisco and Green Bay 13-10, Cincinnati Bengals 19-16. What are we talking about, JP? It wasn't until uh, we were forced <laughs> in the last two minutes of the Buffalo Bills yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs that we had to yeah. score points. That was the only game where we had to really do it. The rest of the game, they, like they scored more points out. in those two minutes than the Jags scored all season. You kidding me? They did. They did, but it, it, it took the pressure of a two minute drill and about to go home before they decided to ramp it up. And it also depends on the level of quarterback. I do know now though, JP, I think now more than ever, the importance of having um, an elite franchise quarterback in the fall. Um, I think by all accounts, we feel hopeful and optimistic about Trevor Lawrence. But you now see like, okay, you get the quarterback one year, you get the weapons the next year, and away mm -hmm. we go. And I think the Joe Burrow model, what we saw, those high-powered playmakers, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, um, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, whatever that offensive line looks like, they do put points on the board. And then they did, they committed a lot of free agent resources uh, to the defense. But I do believe that that is a model that if I was sniffing around the building in Jacksonville, I might just kind of drop some hootay posters around and maybe just look at how those guys did it because they're right there. So, you know, how about the trend of these mobile quarterbacks? Because Mahomes can move around. Of course, Josh mm -hmm. Allen, we saw what he can do with that size and mobility and all that. I don't know if Burrow's exactly a a runner, but Trevor has the ability to do that. Is that the future? You, you Everybody's going to kind of want these guys that can move around more than just stand there like a statue. Yeah, he can't be a statue. I don't know if you necessarily um, want the guy that's a runner, even though, man, Josh Allen is such an outlier, like big, physical, running over guys. I mean, he's a superhero with the ball in his hands. And keep in mind, that guy came to Jacksonville and got thwarted, got stymied, 9-6. You know, all the points that we saw in that game. So um, it is fascinating. But, JP, I, I think you cannot look at the tournament and not come away knowing that you have to have a guy to do it and that no you doubt. can get so far with a guy who is fine and the team around him is great. But if you're going to be one of the last teams standing, you better have a dude. Now, the only outlier of the group is Jimmy Garoppolo because I think we all are like, Jimmy Garoppolo's all right. He's okay, you know. He's B, <laughs> B, B minus. 
But the team is so good and they're so physical. I just wonder about the margin of error. That's it. They could wind it. They could wind up in the Super Bowl. They, they wind could up because they're so good. They physical or whatever. The other thing I think now the formula is quarterback, a level pass rush, a level playmakers. That other stuff you can work around, but you have to have the pass rushes to go with the quarterback to be able to do it. Bucky, we've got about a minute left with you here. So quickly, who do you like in the games on on Sunday? Oh, this is so much fun. Uh, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs because I think the Kansas City Chiefs have the recipe for getting it done. I mean, you go to three straight title games, you go to three straight Super Bowls. Like, that is a remarkable accomplishment. I think that experience gives them a little bit in the thing. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the L.A. Rams is so interesting because the the 49ers absolutely own the Rams, much like the Jacksonville Jaguars oh. own the Colts, where it doesn't matter. Yes. They just own them. It doesn't matter where you roll the ball out, how bad the team is. When they play that team, they they do it. But, man, the star power of the Rams is fascinating. I'm going to go with the Rams in this one because I feel like they find a way to get it done. But, man, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other we'll way. We'll see, see how many Rams fans sell their tickets to San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, they're too. trying to block so them out, but the, faith, the faithful is coming out. They can't let – it can't be all red on Championship Sunday. It just can't be all red. Bucky, enjoy it. Pre- thanks for the time. We appreciate it as always, man. Hey, man, call me anytime. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst here. Thanks also to Pete Prisco, CBS Sports senior writer. Uh, John Osher, Jaguars.com senior writer. Joe Fortunato on the audio side. Brent Reaver on the video side. And thank you for watching and listening. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. <laughs>